This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Land Grant Hoyland's College Basketball Podcast, Bucketheads, Episode 6, where we blab about everything going on in and around the world of college basketball, and especially about your Ohio State Buckeyes. My name is Connor Lamans, and we have an absolute treat for you today, as we had a chance to sit down and talk to the head coach of your Ohio State Buckeyes, Chris Holtman. But before we get into that, I'm here with my charming co-host, Justin Golba, who has now been working full-time at the Lorraine Morning Journal for two weeks now and is probably in desperate need of a nap. Justin, how are you doing on this fine Monday? I'm doing great, Connor. I just knocked out 10 or so football, high school football previews because that kicks off this week. Uh, so we're going to be excited about that and also just super excited to share this Chris Holtman interview with everyone. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome that, you know, he took time to, to uh, you know, chat with us. It's not super often that not only a site like us, but really any media outlet is going to get an opportunity to do a one-on-one like that with him. So super excited to share that with everybody. Um, we'll get into that interview with Holtman in just a few moments, but we got a few housekeeping things we want to touch on before that. Um, first off, Dylan Mitchell was a top 40 player in the class of 2022, a huge Ohio State target. Um, been a lot of smoke the last few weeks that he might be trending to, like towards the Buckeyes who already have the top class in the in the 2022 recruiting cycle. Looks like he's trending towards Ohio State. But then this past weekend, I think, um, there was a report that he was offered a two-year, $2 million contract by the Overtime League, um, which, Justin, you can tell people what that exactly, but what I understand is um, it's not the G League. It's not tied to the NBA in any way. It's just kind of like a separate professional league for kids coming out of high school that want to do something other than college for a year. And it looks like he might have an offer on the table to do that potentially. Yeah, the overtime elite, the the team gets confused with G League Ignite a lot, which Ignite is, you'll know that from just recently, Jalen Green and Jonathan Kuminga, who went second and seventh in the NBA draft. They played on Ignite. That's a G League team. They play in the G League and they have um, – all high school prospects and, and guys that are going to the draft. Uh, Overtime at least just a completely separate professional entity they created uh, to try to basically just anti-college basketball. They want kids to come from from there, four-star and five-stars from high school to Overtime Elite for one or two, normally two seasons, and then they go to the NBA draft. Um, the report came from Joe Tipton, who is a very, very reliable uh, college basketball recruiting guy um you know him as at tipton edits on twitter uh very reliable he works now for on three which is a, rec- a new recruiting site created by uh the founders of rivals and 247 sports so it, it is a, re- a very reliable and very legitimate source the only issue with it was he tweeted out and then he deleted the tweet the same day um so not positive exactly where the offer stands if it does stand and he has received this offer it pretty much takes Ohio State out of the running. Uh, it's it's hard for for anybody to imagine you turn down two years, two million dollars to go to college when you have the option of playing 
probably semi better players for two years and then go into the NBA draft. Uh, the only thing that could maybe there's two things that could uh, make Mitchell hesitant. The only thing is we the one, first one is we don't know what overtime elites credibility really is at this point is so new uh, that there's not really any evidence to support or uh, go against that they actually help develop or that it's a better option than college basketball. So he might just be hesitant because it's new. Also with the new NIL stuff, Mitchell would absolutely make money going to Ohio State. And that whole 2022 rec- recruiting class is going to because they're so highly touted and because um, Ohio State basketball is really starting to gain some some national uh, credibility and, and legitimacy. You know, they're they're going to get money. Uh, do, will they get two years, two million? I don't think so. Uh, ESPN talked about in college basketball right now and college football, all America. The pretty much the highest tier of NIL is all Americans, and they're making about five hundred thousand to a million dollars a year. So if if Mitchell gets that all American status, which I'm, I'm not sure he's going to come in as an all American, um, he would be making maybe a million a year at most, which is what he's making at overtime elite. But that's obviously much more in question than you know, putting your name on a contract, like a two year, $2 million that's set. That's, you know, that's locked in. So Tennessee was also getting some waves as well. So I don't know if, if he does go to college, I don't think Ohio state's completely locked in, but um, if this offer stands, then it's hard to imagine he'd go against it. And also another thing that I just thought about now is that is a two year, $2 million contract. So a million dollars per year. Um, and he will be there for two years, not one year versus college. If he's really good, he could play one year in college, then go to the NBA where, you know, you're looking at like the draft scale, um, you know, the, the, the average salary per pick. Um, let's say he is the 20th pick in the NBA draft next year, um, which it's way too soon to know. Is he a good enough player to be like a top 20 player? Is he a lottery pick? Is he a second rounder? But let's say if he's the 20th overall pick, um, the average salary for the 20th pick the last few years has been 2.1 million. Let's say he's the 31st pick. Just kidding. This website's not going to show me that. Let's say he's the 30th pick in the draft after one year of uh, college. That's 1.6 mil. That's 500 grand more than he would make. So if he signs that contract, he's locked in for two years. Where if he goes to college for one year and bets on himself, you know, you could come out and be, you know, go in the first round and make more money than you would have done in that league. Yeah, well, and the the one thing that people have to remember too is it's, he's a twenty twenty two player, so he's going to enter his senior year. I think these contracts can allow you to skip your senior season of high school as long as you have your eligibility, uh, kind of like Quinn Ewers just did in football. I think so. Obviously, we don't know any of that. We don't know his eligibility. I don't know if his credits in high school, whatever that case may be. But that could also just get his professional year uh, career started earlier. Yeah, like it seems like a lot of money compared to not making much money in college. But is it a lot of money compared to what you'd make in the NBA your first year? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, you know, he could actually be losing money if he signs it for multiple years to play in that league. And like you said, we don't even know how credible that league is yet. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is just the credibility of the league. These leagues pop up all the time and they fail. So uh, it'd be interesting to see, you know, if he's question, you know, do you, you're, you're, you're a top, you're a four star recruit. You have a spot at Ohio State with the number one recruiting class in the country. They would only stay the number one recruiting class if he joins. You know, do you take that's that's the easy route? I'd say not easy, obviously, in terms of work, but easy in terms of that's safe. That's a safe route. Um, you know, overtime elite would be more of a kind of I guess betting on yourself kind of idea. 
Yeah, absolutely. And then, um, you know, speaking of signings, um, a couple of former Buckeyes did sign professional contracts this past week. Um, LaQuinton Ross played in Dominican Republic last year. He just signed a contract to play in Serbia this upcoming year. Um, love LaQuinton Ross. He was like one of the better players in the, the odd, like the period between the really good Buckeye teams and the really bad Thad Mata teams of like a decade ago. He, he and Kraft were kind of the holdovers that kept that dynasty afloat for a little longer. So he's going to be playing in Serbia. CJ Walker signed internationally to play in Cyprus. Cyprus, I didn't even know that was a country. It's, an, it's a Mediterranean island nation south of Turkey. He's going to be playing over there. Um, and then according to Adam Young, who's the director of broadcasting at New Mexico State, he tweeted out that former Buckeye and New Mexico State Aggie AJ Harris has signed a one-year deal to play in Norway. So we got just more examples of guys that, you know, the NBA is not the only way to go make money. Yeah, and, and all those guys, I don't think when you're watching those guys, any of those guys stand out as NBA players. You know, this is exactly why C.J. Walker did what Kyle Young didn't do and, and forego. He, he, you know, did not take his COVID year and just moved on because he knew he could play internationally somewhere and make some money, make some more money. So, um, you know, congratulations to those guys. Another non-Buckeye, but noteworthy signing if you follow just Big Ten basketball or Ohio State basketball because you know who this is. Uh, Luca Garza signed a two-way contract with the Pistons after he's had a – he's kind of been the standout surprise of the summer league for everyone so far, mainly just because he's played for the Pistons. And obviously all eyes have been on Cade Cunningham for them, but he's been fantastic. Averaged about 13.5 points a game, just over eight rebounds and 1.2 blocks over the four summer league games for the Pistons. So he earned his way to a two-way. Um, that's not too surprising. I think he does have an NBA future. I wouldn't say he's going to be the next you know, Nikola Jokic, but um, he's he. I think he could find his way onto an NBA roster and maybe be even a rotation guy. So uh, not too surprising there, in my opinion. Yeah, there was a tweet that I saw um, this weekend. Uh, I saw this tweet, and, and Garza said – it was a really good quote from him. He said, I just found it. I know every guy in the NBA can beat me in a three-quarter court sprint. I know that. But is everyone going to run that hard in the game? No, but I'm going to. So, like, that, that that's pretty that's pretty sweet. I love that. Like, he, he's pretty much acknowledging, like, I'm not the most – I'm not the quickest, the most athletic, the most talented guy on the floor. Um, but they're going to take that for granted, and I promise you I'm not. So, like, that's, that's why he got signed. So, he's going to be able to bounce back and forth between the Pistons – um, and their G League team this year, he'll probably get some minutes, um, you know, give the, some Pistons, you know, some some depth down low when they need it this year. Yeah, and if you, I mean, if you ever saw him play against Ohio State, that's who he is. He's just a hard worker. He's obviously gifted. You know, he has a great skill set, but he's he works hard for everything that he has. So not he's a very, he's kind of like a Dwayne Washington. A summer league is kind of made for him to where all he's really going to do is impress people, and that's what he's done. And that's pretty much all the housekeeping stuff we've got to go over. Um, other than that, it's been a, a pretty slow couple weeks as far as basketball is concerned. So um, now we'll get to what you're all waiting for. Without further ado, here's our interview with Ohio State men's basketball coach, Chris Holtman. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are here with the head coach of your Ohio State Buckeyes, Mr. Chris Holtman. This is the episode number six of our College Hoops podcast. And honestly, we may have peaked a little too early. I'm not sure who we can get next that would ever top the head ball coach for a uh, college basketball podcast, Coach Holtman. How are you doing today? Good, guys. Yeah, good to be with you. And uh, I'll be the first to say you, you you have not peaked. There's a lot of room. There's a lot of room for growth. So episode uh, six is is not, is not your high point. Um, but I'm glad to be with you guys. We're super excited to talk to you for a little bit here. Uh, we know the summer is actually the, the busiest time for college basketball coaches. Um, we value your time a whole lot and appreciate you doing this. So we're going to just jump right into it. The uh, first thing or person, actually, we want to talk to you about is Dwayne Washington Jr. He played in his first summer league game on Sunday night, and he played great. He had 23 points on 8 of 9 shooting, 5 of 5 from beyond the arc, had a few nice assists as well. Um, why is Dwayne going to be a great professional basketball player? Wherever wherever that ends up being, what characteristics does he possess that are really going to help him succeed at the professional level going forward? You know, I, I think, Connor, that, you know, the, the biggest thing for for people to understand is, and, you, and I think you guys know this, is that summer league is, is not the NBA. Um, and it's not really, you know, it's, it's a bunch of guys that are trying to find their way. Most of them will not find uh, an NBA roster. Um, but uh, the reality is, is, is that you, you, you know, it helps you if you play well and it helps you if the, if the organization has an investment in, in you. And um, you know, I think, his his game actually got moved. It was yesterday afternoon when he, when he when he played. But you're exactly right on his stats. He played really really well in his first game, really well. And I believe he's going to have moments this year um, with the Pacers where he's going to play really really well. And then I think there'll be moments where uh, he struggles like any like any rookie, and he'll have to find his way. In all likelihood, probably between you know. Uh, the organization in, in, in the G league. And, uh, that's normal. That's a very normal process for young players. Um, Kata had to do it. Uh, when he was drafted, JT took, uh, a, another route where he played professionally overseas, but a lot of guys have done it. I'm just excited about Dwayne because I believe that he's really worked, uh, extremely hard to put himself in this position and I think he can get a lot better. You know, he came in as a three-star out of really the top 150 in the country. And uh, to have him himself in this position three years in says a lot about him. But he's got a lot of work ahead of him. And I think uh, 
everyone who knows what it takes to be a pro, you know, understands that. Yeah, coach, and on the topic of, you know, NBA players and professional basketball in general, um, you know, in June, your program welcomed back a ton of former players for a week to work out with the current team because a lot of them were in town for the TBT, which is, you know, a super fun event. I know you were there. Um, you know, what is it like when these older guys, the John Deeblers, the William Bufords, the D'Angelo Russells, they all come back and they, you know, they really help the younger guys. And, you know, I'm sure it's great for like a Justin Arns to see a John Deebler or a Michi Johnson to, to work out with a D'Angelo Russell. How does that even come to fruition? I mean, I've, I've tried to organize stuff before and I know it's hard to get people on the same page. So it was pretty incredible to see that. What does that just mean to you to see them come back and really put their hearts into that? Oh, it means everything. You know, it me- means everything to us. And I've said a number of times, and you guys know this from being around the program and observing it for a number of years, is that's, I think, unique to Ohio State. And it's, uh, it's a big part of what, uh, you know, this program um, has been able to do. And it's, it's really what we've tried to foster here um, and, and – encourage even more of that and I think for us having those guys came back it it really came about because in in large part uh, the idea was was Jake Diebler's and he got it he had heard about it from uh, another program Um, and I, I think you know we talked about it we brainstormed it was right in the middle of June recruiting and as you guys know June recruiting for us has been has been it was nonstop, as was July, but it was um, every day on campus. So we just had to kind of think through, okay, are we willing to do this? And then once we got the commitment uh, of some of the guys, um, you know, Jay Sean, D'Angelo, uh, Jared, um, you know, on down the line, the Wessons, you know, um, the guys that are not even um, – you know, that, that maybe not, are not even playing in the NBA, but still want to impact RAV, um, still want to impact our program in a lot of ways. It really means a lot that they come back and, and spend a lot of time with our guys, and they did that. We put them through a two-and-a-half-day camp, really a two-day camp, and, you know, they, they did everything we did. They, uh, they were – sorry, my dog just entered the room here. So if you hear my dog hey, – get out of here, Huck. Huck, go. Go, buddy. Um, was, we got two guests on the podcast. That's right. That's right. He's, he's an unwelcome guest and he knows it. it he doesn't mind that at times. Uh, but it was, you know, listen, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun for two days. It really was. They basically went through camp together. It was, it was a great couple of days. And then is that something that, is that going to become like a yearly thing? Do you think, uh, are you going to be able to pull that together each summer? It will. It will. I think it w- came off so well that I think we'll do it every, every summer. Um, I, I don't see us, you know, I don't see us changing because, you know, we got to like Sam Thompson. I hadn't really spent time with Sam Thompson. You know, I got a chance to, to spend time with him and meet him and, you know, being here four years, it was my first chance to spend time with him. I, so there's a lot of benefits to us. I told our staff, I said, we're not doing it just for our program. We're doing it for our former players to be able to have, I had a f- former player say to me, "Hey, coach, this is the first time all of us have been back together in seven years." So, you know, they came back, they rented a house, they rented whatever to stay for a few days, they played golf, they had a great time, and uh, we're going to do it for our former players as much as is our current guys. With with this year's team, there is a lot of experience on the roster. 
um, a lot. I read a piece from from Adam Jardy earlier today. Um, he said Ohio State actually has the second most experienced roster in college basketball heading into the season behind Texas. I don't know exactly how he calculated that. He's much smarter than I am. Um, there's a reason he works for the dispatch, and I don't. However, there's not a lot of continuity on the roster. There's a handful of new faces. There's a few guys you know, that, that left from last season. So how important do you think experience is in college basketball? And at the same time, how important is continuity from year to year to be able to carry over that chemistry? Well, ideally, you want to have both. Um, and we do have a lot of continuity from last year. Um, you know, when, when you're when you're looking at our roster, um, we, we have a lot of we have a lot of continuity. I think uh, we were in the, the top 10 percent of the country in terms of continuity uh, with, with only two guys, one being kind of a graduate transfer and yet, you know, another guy transferring. But, you know, we obviously we're excited about Dwayne. I think he made a good decision to move on. We're, we're excited to, to have EJ back for another year. We've got Kyle Young, Justice Suing, our young freshman. Um, and, and I think for us, you know, the days of you having, you know, seven, eight, nine guys, your top seven, eight, nine guys back, you know, th- those days are over for, uh, with the rare, rare exceptions. So you're always going to have a degree, especially I'm talking at the high major level. I think probably at the low major level, mid-major, there'll be more of that than there will be at the high major level because you just have more guys at the high major level that professionalize earlier. Um, and, uh, so I think for us, we do have a lot of both experience and continuity. I think, um, you know, relative to other high major programs, the challenge will be making sure that everybody understands what their role is and uh, accepting their role. And at the same time, um, you know, we've got to stay healthy. We were not healthy. And part of it was how we were banged up, but we were not healthy in the NCAA tournament. And uh we really need to approach the end of the season healthier than what, you know, what we were. Uh, it wasn't just Kyle. It was just suing was not healthy. Um, Seth Towns was banged up. So that's a big, big key for us. Yeah. And, you know, coach, you coached at Gardner Webb uh, and Butler, which are in two great you know states and cities. Now you're in Columbus. Uh, what is it about Ohio State and the city of Columbus that, you know, you kind of use to help recruit potential players, but also just what is something that you've enjoyed with your family since you've been there now that you've been there four or five years? Well, as you guys know, it's a great city. I mean, it is a great city. Indianapolis was a great city. And, you know, full disclosure, my my last year, I was, I was offered uh, a couple jobs before this one that were in some great conferences, um, high-level conferences, really good programs too. But I, I, you know, when you're raising a young child and, you know, you've moved your wife and family a few times, you know, location matters. Um, so, you know, it doesn't matter more than the, the quality of the job and the ability to, to, to win and win consistently, but it matters. So I think for, for, for me, the idea of being in Columbus was really attractive. And I, I don't even think I understood at the time how great the, uh, the city was, uh, the entertainment, professional teams, the restaurants are great. Um, uh, so we've, we've really, the schools are tremendous for my daughter. Uh, so we have really, really enjoyed it. My wife and daughter, I think have, 
have really enjoyed our time here. And the community has been outstanding. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I was just out to lunch today and a guy and his young son came up and just, you know, they just said really kind things. And Lord knows I get beat up enough during the season. So I think it's, it's, it's nice when, you know, that happens. And it really happens a lot face to face. And I really do appreciate all that from, from the community. So the next one is a, a two-part question, and, and you can go into as, as much or as little detail as you want. Um, we had one of your, uh, your favorite former players in the show a few weeks ago, Mr. Joey Lane. Um, we asked him which visiting arena he played at that was either the most intimidating, like the most eye-opening experience to play at when you walk onto the court and the crowd is there and you're just like, holy cow. So which road arena, Big Ten or otherwise, is either the most in, intimidating or just like the wildest in, environment that you've coached in. And I'm interested to see if your answer is, is the same as Joey's. Yeah, there's a lot of them, guys, because you don't lead the country in attendance for 45 straight years, which is what the Big Ten has without having great, great environments. I mean, great environments. Uh, the leagues, or the, the honestly, the places that have built basketball arenas, are 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 you and by that I mean I think you understand what I mean by that you know arenas that aren't too big uh that aren't too you know like like the aren't you know have have a size to them that is manageable and an acoustics and a field bas you know basketball arenas that are typically tighter Michigan State as a basketball arena um, the, the school up north has renovated their arena to, to you know, to make it a basketball arena. The, uh, but I would say, you know, Assembly Hall in Indiana obviously has that. Iowa is a really tough place to play. Um, but Purdue has always been one that I think is, has just their, their fan base is so incredibly uh, passionate uh, and they come out uh, really regardless of, of, uh, you know, what kind of a team they're playing. Uh, and the arena is small enough and built the way it's built. Uh, it's really vertical, like like Maryland's in a way, but it's really vertical and it's really tight in there and they're on top of you. Um, so it creates it a great environment. Joey had two answers. His first, his number one, was Mackey Arena. And his second was the Dean Dome in Chapel Hill. Those were the two that he he picked as the ones where he played at where he just said like holy cow this is this is a lot to to process. Yeah, yeah, that I I've I've uh, I've coached at the Dean Dome a, a few times and that that's a great environment too. You know, that that the the one we played in that he's probably talking about um or did he graduate that year? No, I think he was still on that team, but I I think that um yeah, I think that that that's a great environment too, and a great, um, you know, they they can be a little bit more, um, you know, depending on the opponent. I think that was a top ten matchup when we went there, but uh, that's a great environment as well. Yeah, and then just to flip that around, is there a home game you can recall from the first four seasons that was kind of either most fun to coach in, or just the crowd was? You could tell they were just really behind you guys for something kind of special. Yeah, I would I would probably point to a couple. Um, the COVID year when the NCAA tournament got, got canceled. And when we were, when we were playing our best basketball and I thought, 
you know, probably that was our team that was most complete offensively and defensively and had the best chance to, to, I think last year's team did too, if we were healthy, uh, both teams I thought could, could make a real run. I, I, I don't know. I did not feel like that about our, our, our second team. I thought things would have to really, really go right. Um, and I wasn't sure we were deep enough on the perimeter with our first team. Um, but these last two teams, I felt like uh, the third team was most complete. But I, I, to, to your point, I would say um, the, the, the Michigan game at home um, uh, and in, in our third year, Right, we've only had three chances for for crowds, um, um, three years, and then and then obviously the Michigan State game that I think a lot of people point to is is uh, one of the loudest. Um, the Villanova game was 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 an incredible environment as well, but we had a run of about four or five home games late in the the year uh, of two thousand and would have been nineteen twenty that were just phenomenal environments. I mean, from Maryland to Michigan, just phenomenal environments. And speaking about fans, the home court and the shot, we have one, one last quick question. Uh, the people, the people are dying to know d- demanding, even if you'll break out the salmon suit again in the season, when fans are back in the shot, we know there were no fans last year. Uh, maybe it wasn't worth it last season, but you know, by now it's a fan favorite. So can, can the folks expect to see it at some point in the shot? this season well listen if it if if uh it's that uh well received um absolutely it'll come back out and i don't think i really have a choice with with living with uh, my wife because she's she's going to require demand it uh much uh as as much as anybody so uh, we're going to do that i'm going to you know i'm going to look i got to talk to my tailor about uh potentially uh adding something uh that would uh so we may go the, the salmon suit and then add add a, a another one um, to the closet and and uh, you know we'll 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 see about uh, breaking that sport coat out as well. But uh, definitely you'll see the salmon suit. I I love the fact that people like it. It's fun um, and uh, you know my tailor did a good job. Coach, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Uh, safe travels for the rest of the summer and good luck this season. Guys, I appreciate it and appreciate you covering, uh, you know, Ohio State hoops. I'm ex- really excited about this season, excited about this year. And, you know, we, we appreciate your all's coverage and uh, stay well and healthy. All right. Thank you again to Coach Holtman for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, it's great to get him on the show and, you know, early before the season really gets gets high shifted into gear. You know, he's always been very supportive of us as well as all the media outlets in Columbus and, um, you know, supportive of the fans. So he's just a genuinely nice guy and we really appreciate him coming on. Um, that's all we got today. If you're finding us on the website, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and music. Langer at Holy Land is rolling out a few new podcasts this year and we will be posting new podcast episodes five days a week at least. So make sure to keep your eye on that. Uh, We personally will be releasing a new episode once every two weeks for the next month or so. But then once we shift into September and definitely October, uh, we will shift into a weekly podcast to get the season started. Um, You can find me on Twitter at Justin underscore Golba, as well as our new Bucketheads Twitter account at Bucketheads LGHL. We will be posting a lot, uh, keeping very active on there with polls and 
just kind of fun stuff before the season starts. And when the season starts, we'll be very active on there. So please follow at Bucketheads, LGHL, as well as Justin underscore Golba. And then you can follow me at Lamonz underscore Connor. You can follow Land Grant Holy Land at Land Grant 33. You can go to the website as well. If you're old school, you can go to landgrantholyland.com. Um, if there's any specific guests you guys want to have, you, you would like to see us have on, um, you know, DM us at the account. He just said it's Bucketheads LGHL um, or to either of our accounts. Um, both of our DMs are open. Please be nice. Um, we've got less than three months to go until the season starts. So we're, we're getting there. We're getting close, but we've got plenty of time. So if we've got, you know, if you've got guests you want us to see have on, we, we can reach out to anybody. Can't guarantee that they're going to say yes, but we can at least, uh, you know, shoot our shot and see what they say. Um, that is all we've got this week. We will holler at y'all in two weeks and go Bucks. <laughs>